I care for Applejacks a great deal. Killing time. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna start off the show with an admission. I was killing time with the bear vs shark and the uh, sound effects there because I just started my computer right before I started to record this podcast and all these sorts of notifications, iTunes updates, and all these other things were popping up on my screen that I had to get rid of before I could start talking to you fine people at home. Welcome to the Awkward High Five Podcast. My name is Devin, and that's it. Yeah, that's right. You stepped right in, both feet, into a Dev Dog solo show. Now wait. And there's the sound of hundreds of people hitting stop on their iTunes accounts. I get it. I get it. That's fine. But for the rest of you that have stayed, let's get weird. Let's do it. Let's hang out. I don't know. Here's the deal. It's been two months, I think, around. Um, I believe it was the very beginning of February. Uh, that um, my best friend and my business partner and my co-host and um, all the other things that he's been in the 30 plus years of friendship that we've had has uh, disappeared for the second or third time since the the formation of the Awkward High Five podcast. I was hoping and praying, hoping and praying that uh, this disappearance wouldn't last as long as the last one. Now it's pretty much doubled it. Um, I was hoping and praying that, uh, he would come back at some point and, uh, this is, you know, I still haven't had any sort of communication with him, uh, or anything of that nature. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to think about it, you know? And, and I, and I'm hesitant to even talk about it so much because I don't want to, you know, I, this is an ongoing thing and you, and you get you guys out there to listen to the show I mean, I know, I know, you know what's going on, but at the same time, how much of it do you want to hear? But uh, I got to be honest. As I sit here by myself, I'm, 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 I, I'm running a gamut of emotions. Is what's going on here? And uh, what are you talking about his emotions already? The fucking pussy. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm an emotional guy. I I get nervous before these shows. Before I do these solo shows, I don't get nervous before the other shows. Uh, you know, because if I got some friends in the room, then we could talk and I know everything's going to be all right. But when I sit here, I sit here rawly. Is rawly a word? Uh, raw-like, uh, untethered, uh, exposed, whatever you want to use. And I feel since it's just me sitting in a high five studios by myself, granted, I have the comfort of my fucking lava lamp and my black light and my guy smoking a fucking pipe on a mushroom poster and my beads and all that stuff but otherwise i'm the only sentient being in the world in the room not in the world that'd be very egomaniacal of me to think that way but maybe that was a freudian slip maybe i maybe i do believe that in some level i don't know i would hope not anyway i sit here uh when i do this and it's a little bit uh yeah i feel like i need to maybe expose a little bit more be a little bit more truthful or what some people would be considered being a fucking pussy which i get i get that uh but but i don't know what else to do this this is the one this is the way i am so i'm running the gamut of emotions uh with rtg's disappearance at this point two months into the goddamn thing and um and I just want him to come back. I don't. I just want him to come back to his home, where he belongs, where the people want to hear him. 
you know i get i get all kinds of feedbacks uh on the uh on the new show i know that feedback shouldn't be pluralized that's like saying fishes i know but i get uh, a whole bunch of feedback and um most of it's positive uh there's some people that really like the dave and daily shows and uh i'm a fan of those there's some people that really like the solo shows i don't know if i'm a huge fan of those but i do it anyway so that there's something to be said there um and then there's a lot of people that uh that you know say that they just miss richie and they want the old format back and look and i totally 100 percent understand that as well because i want that too i want nothing in the world more than for me to be looking across the room at my, again my best friend and the person who i started this whole journey with and and be able to continue it and i and i hope that that happens someday but i got to be honest I, I i try to stay a positive person that is that's who i try to be in life i spent let's call it eh, 32 years being a pretty negative person and um and because of that uh things suffered I lived a negative life. I truly am a believer that if you walk around... Now, take cover, everybody, because I'm going to use some hippie fucking terminology here. Negative energy, that you attract negative energy. I truly believe that. I wish I could was able to figure that out. I wish I wasn't such a fucking waterhead and was able to figure that out before 32 years old. Maybe even 33. Maybe I'm giving myself too much credit. I wish I could have figured that out before then. My life probably would have had a completely different trajectory. However, I didn't. And I'm not going to dwell on the past because there's nothing you could do to change it, which is something else I truly believe in. But I try to stay positive in all situations. That's something that I really try to do. But it's really getting it's really getting to me now. It's frustrating me that that I know I know where RTG is. I know where he resides. I know what he's doing. I know the hole that he's in. And I know the insecurities and the whatever else it may be that's keeping him from resurfacing. And although I feel all of that and I want to give him his, his space and let him know that he can recover in his own time and come back and be here and everything will be the same and, he's in, and, and I love him just as much and everything. But at the same time, it's hard, it's work for me not to take that as an affront to myself in a little bit of a way, if I'm being completely honest with you, the listeners at home. It's just hard, it's hard not to feel abandoned, which is uh, uh, something that, I, that I've, I've definitely felt many times in my life, and I don't, I don't like feeling that. It's, it's uh, hard not to project maybe the feelings of of not caring, indifference, those kind of things, uh, without talking to him, you know, it's uh, like I'm not the type of person that could just just dismiss something that I've worked so hard on, and uh, and and I know it's not fair for him with him not being here for me to even assume that because it, because I don't know the full truth, I don't know exactly what he's struggling with, but. I would be lying if I'm if I'm not at a frustrated point right now is what I'm getting at. I'm frustrated. I am. I am. I love doing the shows with da- uh, producer Dave and Daly. They're great. I'm 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 fucking so lucky that they're able to jump in and uh, and we might have other people in here. And as long as it takes, I'm not giving up on the awkward high five podcast. This is my show. I love doing it. Uh, point in case is the fact that I'm in here by myself, stone sober, doing this solo show right now, shaking in my boots. 
I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I did meditate a little bit before this. Did make me feel a little bit better. Cleaned out those chakras. Did you feel it? Did you feel it? I was thinking about you. My third eye was a white giant light beacon into the sky. And I was thinking about you. So if you felt those, if you felt my white third eye beacon light go up into a fucking star and create a supernova and then that stardust fall out of the sky and into meld into the protons and electrons and other stardust that makes up your body that was me i did that before i hit enter anyway enter hit record what was i saying sitting here in all my nerves doing this show for you feeling very frustrated at the fact that that uh, it's radio silence from RTG at this point. No explanation, explanation. Two months in. No, hey man, I'm just going through some shit. I'm really sorry. No, um, no looking at my messages. No trying to reach out. None of that stuff. And it's, it's frustrating. It's a frustrating thing. I don't know what else to say about it. I don't want to dwell on it. And, and so I guess what I'm, what I'm saying to you fine listeners of the Awkward High Five podcast is that whatever camp you're in, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. You love the, the you love the RTG shows. I'm with you. That's what I want the show to be. You love the Dave and Daily shows. I'm with you. Those guys are fucking great, and they've brought structure to the show. And um, and uh, those shows are more talk radio ish. And I'm a huge fan of talk radio, so I enjoy doing that too. And if you're a fan of the soul stuff, you're probably a sociopath, but that's okay. That's all right. I'm I'm with you on that too. That's why I'm here doing it. That's all. That's all I gotta say. I don't know. Anyway, let's talk addiction, shall we? This show uh, has a, had a lot to do. Addiction had a lot to do with this show early on. It was a, it was a big theme, a thread that ran very thickly through the center of the Awkward High Five podcast for a very long time. And um, and it still comes up, uh, not as frequently, especially in the last two months, but it's always an underlying theme bubbling under the surface uh, because of the, the serious thing that, that's going on in, in RTG's life. But that's not what I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about heroin addiction. I don't want to talk about drug addiction. I want to talk just about addiction in general and how easily us as human beings are to just prone to becoming addicted to behaviors, addicted to other people, addicted to shit like that. I see it on a daily basis, and I have a lot of those, and I try to break them. Here is something, this is going to sound ridiculous, but bear with me on this. I realized the other day that I have an addiction. Well, I didn't realize this. <laughs> How can I put this? It's not like, uh, <sighs> hmm. All right, here, here's how I'm going to put it. So basically, uh, there was a new video game that came out, the, the new Legend of Zelda video game. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a product of the 80s. I was born in 1980. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. I was a, a man, a, a boy. Video games, much like everybody else who grew up in that time period, were a big part of my life. I played a lot of them. I'm a, I'm a big role-playing game fan. I... Uh, played a lot of those games growing up i did it, it wasn't i wasn't one of the one of the people that would sacrifice my social life for it i still went out and dated girls and played in bands and went to parties 
and did all the social things. But when I was home, there was a pretty good chance that I was playing Final Fantasy or Legend of Zelda or Fallout or all the other fucking, all those other games. I was a big fan of them. Still am. But what happened when you get older for the for me at least is i had to make a conscious de- i had to make a conscious decision not to play video games as much every once in a while i'll allow myself one as as a, an escape kind of a, a vacation in a way but um i try i try really hard not to make it a part of my regular life just because just solely because of the fact not because i think that i'm above it not because i think that you have to grow up at a certain age or anything like that just solely because i know how empty the actual the actual playing of video games is i mean i i know it i've felt it there there's i i enjoy playing the game so badly so much and then when i finally beat them there's there's just just empty empty feeling it's it's pretty much akin to getting drunk at a bar picking up a girl bringing her home having sex with her and then waking up the next morning and, and, you know, or even that night, sobering up that night and realizing what you just did. You know, that empty feeling that you get where you're just kind of like, why did I do that? Like, who was that? And that is kind of the feeling I get when I finally beat a video game. And then some of these video games I play take 100 hours to beat. So imagine getting drunk at a bar, picking up a girl, going home. And having sex with her for a hundred hours. And then at the end of those hundred hours, you have this complete empty feeling of what did I just do? Why did I just waste a hundred hours that I could have been creating? I could have been learning. I could have been reading. I could have been exercising. I could have been meditating. I could have been doing anything else besides being drunk and fucking this video game. Wait, now I'm getting my analogies confused fucking this girl or playing this video game for 100 hours of my life that's the feeling and i and i know the feeling because i've had it before and as you get older it gets worse because there's more things that you want to do and then the fucking biological death clock is ticking on the other side there's that cadence that i use when i'm talking by myself that time is running out so when you're 16 you feel like you're never gonna die but then when you're 37, <laughs> you see the other end of things. and You want to get shit done, especially when you're like me and you're starting your life over again, you're starting a new career, uh, just uh, fucking, you know, looking to, to, to whatever. I don't want to go into all that. What I'm trying to say is that video games should not have really any foothold in my life whatsoever at this point. And I consciously know that and I try to avoid them. However, this Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild game came out. And I wasn't even, I didn't even know about it. I don't keep up on it. I don't fucking go on video game websites very much. Uh, I think my Nintendo Power subscription ran out in 1989. I don't really have the flow of information about video games. So I didn't even know that this was in development until I was on the train going to work and flipping through Facebook, and there was an article that somebody had shared about this new Zelda game. And before I knew it, I was subconsciously 
figuring out a way that I was going to go into the city. I was not only going to go buy the Zelda game, but then I was also going to buy the new Nintendo Switch console that that uh, that comes with it because I don't have one. So I was willing to go immediately drop $350 on a new video game console just to play this video game for 100 hours to have an empty feeling at the end of it. But I was all in. There was nothing there that could stop me from doing it. It's all I wanted to do. And then this is what happened. I recognized the sign of addiction that because I've been dealing with addiction so closely uh, on, on different levels and kind of studying it and reading books about it and all the things that I do to try to understand one of the biggest struggles that one of the people I care about the most of my life is going through, I, I recognized for the first time the sign of addiction in myself over this stupid fucking video game. And I said to myself, you're not going to spend 300 and fucking whatever it may be, $370 just to play this video game that although will be fun, will also give you this horrible empty feeling at the end. And then you're going to be out $350. I need, I need money. I'm looking for a place to live right now. I, 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 need a fuck, I need to not only get a place to live, I need to and put down you know security deposit, first month's rent. I also fucking just bought a new car. I have car payments. I got to buy a bed. I would have to buy some sort of furniture to put in this apartment because I don't have anything because I've given everything that I own away, basically, besides my 25 guitars. But it's a totally different story. I have a bike that I'm looking at right now that has a flat tire that I need to go spend money to get set up because I'm doing the five borough in the beginning of May which whoever people who aren't on the East Coast, the five borough is a 40-mile bike thing that goes through all the five boroughs of New York. It's a fun time. There's so many other things that I need to do that I need to spend money on. I need to spend time and energy on. However, here I am at 6 o'clock in the morning on a train barreling towards New York City, the fucking Big Apple, the big city, and all I'm thinking in my head is how I'm going to go grab this stuff. I'm going to come home, and I'm going to feel so good because I'm going to be back in Hyrule, swatting at fucking bats and little gumdrop-looking things with a fucking sword. And I was stoked about it. And I recognized the addiction, and I was able to talk myself down and say, listen, you're not spending that money. There's really nothing that's going to come out of this. So don't do it. And I talked myself out of it. And then about 20 minutes later, I was... I, I Now, at this point, I was reading reviews for the game because I what I wanted to happen was I wanted... To, all right, so maybe I didn't talk myself out of it yet. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I What I wanted to happen was I wanted to read reviews that told me that this game was stupid and that it sucks so that I could be like, I'm not missing anything. Even though I've played every Legend of Zelda game that's come out since the first one, again, when I was six years old, 1986 was a good year for Dev Dog. Mets won the World Series. Zelda came out. I don't know. I feel like maybe I had some good grilled cheeses and shit. I don't know. It must have been a good year. Anyway. So now I'm searching websites, review websites, and not just one. I'm searching multiple review websites because I just want one person out there. I just want the the video game equivalent of that one shitty Rotten Tomatoes reviewer that always gives movies a bad review just to drop their score down to just tell me how vapid and stupid and, and uh, how bad the mechanics are and how bad the graphics are and everything. And that is not happening. I'm going to fucking Game Informer. I'm going to Metacritic. I'm going to fucking 
uh, IGN. I'm going to all these websites, and every single website is talking about how this is the greatest video game ever made on the face of the earth. You must be an idiot if you don't buy this video game. If you have any love for the Legend of Zelda th- series, then you stop what you're doing right now and go take this vein, this video game and shoot it directly into your veins. So I'm at a loss, right? I, 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 I recognize the addiction. I don't want to go drop $400 on a new video game console that I'm only going to use once to play one video game. However, I want the fix. I want to play it. I want to experience it. It's an open world. It's new. It's big. I want to go dive in and I want to do it. However, I know that other things in my life are going to sac- uh, are, I'm going to have to sacrifice. And so I finally come to the conclusion that money-wise, it wouldn't be a good investment and I'm able to shut myself down until on one of the reviews I read, I find out that it's not only available for the new Nintendo Switch, but it's also available for the Wii U console, which is the console that was out before that, which I don't own, but my brother does. And so immediately, before I can even think about it, before I can even use my fucking synapses to control my stupid brown digits that are now wrapped around my cell phone, tapping fucking quickly and fiercely on the letters to text my brother and ask him if I could borrow his Wii U. Because then it's only going to cost me $60. And then I'm going to be have that sweet Hyrule fucking hearts and boomerangs and Ganon, and it's going to be right in my fucking veins, and I can't fucking wait. And I realized again how ridiculous this is. Now, I, I've because I couldn't afford the, or I wouldn't let myself afford the investment it would take to play play the video game. I found another way around. I found a way to make it cheaper. I found I basically went from the fucking. The pills that the doctor gave me that I was now paying $25 a pill for, the fucking the oxys and the blues and all that stuff, to buying the $10 dirt bag of heroin. That's what I did. I know this analogy is a little flimsy, but stick with me. This is this is this is what I'm talking about here. So I recognized that and I tried to squash that down. I said, this is ridiculous. You don't need to borrow a video game system from your brother and buy this game just to play this game. It's just going to be an empty feeling. So I told myself that I was going to relax and that I don't need it at 37 years old. I have enough going on. I have the podcast to do. I have songs that I have to do. I have fucking exercising and meditating and all the things that I fucking told you guys before. So I let the day pass. I even went to my brother's house that night. And I went to go hang out with my niece and my nephews and see my brother and my sister-in-law. And uh, he had the, I walked in and he had the Wii U all packed up because in his mind, I was coming there for that thing. And he went to go hand it to me. And I said, no, thank you. I said, no, thank you. Please take that back. I do not want that. This is not going to be a part of my life. And I walked out of that house and I felt so victorious over the fact that I got over this little mini Jones session that I was having for this ultimately childish cartoon game that I've been playing since I was six years old. And, um, and I left and I felt good. And then I thought about it for the next 48 hours. And right now, upstairs, sits a borrowed Wii U console 
with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in it that I've already put about, I don't know, maybe 10 hours into. Succumb to it. I succumb to it. They say, uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure in a rehab or something like that, they say to that, that uh, there, there's going to be hurdles and you're going to make mistakes and you can't beat yourself up for it. And I'm going to take that path because I tried. I recognized and I tried, but I still faltered and I still fell. So I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Anybody out there that's struggling with addiction. Now I know a fucking stupid video game addiction isn't anywhere near as bad as something that like RTG is dealing with or some of you, some of you kind people that have emailed me out there who are attracted to the show because of those reasons. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to simplify it in that way. But what I'm saying is that there's addictions around us every day that we don't even pay attention to. I know that I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I, I, I'm a functioning alcoholic, but I know that I'm a, an alcoholic all the same. Somehow that one I, I, I know, but I kind of deal with. The video game one I didn't really recognize until I saw the signs being the same. There's also food. Can I tell you something that I did today? I've been trying to to be in shape. I exercise. I eat really healthily um, all the time. Uh, today, I went downstairs into... Uh, I am working in the center of the city, and I went downstairs into a little coffee shop just to get myself a cup of tea. I don't even drink coffee. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the show, but it's a little fun fact about Deb Dog that you could bring home and tell your friends is that in 37 years of life, never tasted coffee. Never once, never will. Going to die without tasting coffee. Moving on. Went downstairs to get myself a black tea because I needed a little bit of caffeine in my life. And I'm just sitting there looking at the, uh, the fine array of pastries that they have in this place. And before I know it, I'm walking up and I got myself a black and white Seinfeld cookie to look to i got myself a macadamia nut cookie and a peanut butter cookie and i just fucking ate them like a savage the black and white cookie would have been enough it was huge it was the size of my fucking hand but again just like all of a sudden i have my cell phone in my hand i'm texting my brother asking him to borrow a video game console before i knew it i was shoving a black and white cookie in my face like i'm fucking maniac so there's that too. We have these compulses and impulses that we fight on a daily basis. And what I'm saying here, people, is that everybody is struggling all the time to try to do the right thing. And there are so many temptations out there just always tugging down at us like the strings of a puppet, a marionette puppet. But that doesn't work because they're going up. So like the strings of a marionette puppet, but from the ground that are pulling you down. And I get where you're coming from. And everyone's just trying to be their best person. And that's, I don't know. That's all I have to say about that. But I failed. I'm playing it. And I'll tell you what, the game's fun as fuck. And and I'm trying to just relent. I'm trying to... Uh, to make myself only spend like an hour a night doing it and I'm doing so well I'm doing well on that so far for the most part but I know that there's a Sunday in my future I know just like the recovering heroin addict who starts getting the itch again knows that sooner or later or the fucking the smoker who stops smoking for 10 years and then starts smoking again casually just knows that 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 full blown uh, weak binge of of heroin abuse or that full pack of cigarettes that you're going to buy at one point and smoke in one day is right around the corner. You could feel it. It's breathing on your neck. I know. 
that there is a Sunday, might be this Sunday, coming up, where I'm going to play a fucking video game for 10 hours. I know it's going to happen. I don't want to do it. I'm going to feel like shit after I do it. And I'm still going to do it. So tell me that's not addiction, right? Now, just for uh, anybody at home who's thinking, you know, this dude is the addiction to video games is I've never played World of Warcraft or any of that shit. I I don't do that stuff. So I'm not it's not I I know there's people out there that, that have bigger video game addictions. I'm just using it as a comparison. Okay, you want me to stop with this? I also want to stop with this. Let's move on to other things. Let's move on to something that I was very adamant about, I think, I believe, in the last episode of A High Five when we had Dave and Daly here, and that was um, a uh, a thing that Dave does in his producer packets that uh, that talk about what the day, what happened this day in history. It's a very nice thing that he does. Um, to be completely honest, when they first started showing up in the packets, I was kind of like, eh, this is a little too uh, Good Morning America for me, but it's, I learned stuff from it. And, and hopefully you could riff on it a little bit, and I like it. And he brought up that how, the last week that however many years ago, 30 years ago or whatever, Russia sent Leica, the cosmonaut dog, into orbit. And it gave me a warm feeling inside. I really felt good about it. I was picturing this dog uh, circling the Earth. And, uh, and, and everything was okay. But you know what I didn't think? Again, because I'm stupid is that I never thought how they got this dog back down. In my mind, <laughs> I thought in the 60s or the 70s or whenever the fuck this happened, they sent a dog into orbit that with maybe he had like a nice like array of dog toys and, and dog treats that were floating around in non-gravity. And he was up there with those enjoying. And then the, the ship came down and the dog got out and, and came up and licked everybody's face and then went back to his doghouse and lived a good life. That's obviously not what happened. A friend of mine who had listened to the episode said that she was listening, to, she, she was thinking about that dog, but was horrified because she looked up on the internet what, what actually happened. And I'm here to tell you that what actually happened was Leica the cosmonaut dog was a, a, a stray dog that the Russians, in their cruel coldness that we all know from that Rocky movie, picked up and decided to toss into a spaceship with no regards to what would happen, with pretty much just knowing that that would end the dog's life. Sent the dog up there, and like everyone ex- uh, expected, poor Laika, the first cosmonaut space dog, perished in space, and not even too long after she got into space. And it's a horrible story, and it breaks my heart. But... What, I, what I've been thinking, and this might just be a self-defense mechanism for my care for Leica, the, uh, the cosmonaut dog, stop being such a pussy, dude, is maybe, just maybe, that was the best thing that ever happened in Leica's life. Just a scrounge, scroungy, mongrel, street, feral dog scrapping for food fighting to survive, gets picked up by a bunch of Russians, brought to a high-tech space facility, put into a spaceship, shot out of orbit, and then was able maybe just for a second 
to experience something that very few humans on the face of earth throughout all of time have ever experienced. Was able to look out, granted in black and white, but all the same, look out and see the earth from its orbit. See the arc of the sun over the side of the earth. See the clouds make their formation. See the bright blue and green and all the color spectrum of this condensed ball of sediment and water that we all live on. Maybe just for a second, that dog was enlightened before it suffocated and died in that stupid cosmonaut spaceship. And that makes me think, what if, what if there is no fear in that, right? Like, what if, what if there is no fear in death? What if that last moment of death, like right before you're in a spaceship with your dog toys and the air is running out and the, and, and the blackness is coming in, but you realize that you've seen something. You have seen something that is enlightening. And that might be the earth from its orbit, or that might be the face of your child, or that might be the voice of somebody that you love, or that might be the world's greatest concert that you've ever been to, or comedy show, or that might be just fucking some amazing like uh, architecture, or whatever it may be. But we see these things on a regular basis, and we never we never pay attention to them. Or at least most people don't. And we complain. And like I said, we're all on this giant ball of sediment and water that is just hurling around an even bigger ball of fucking fire. Fire! Just burning in the sky. The fact that we're even here at all is a giant wonderful mistake. And yet we sit at home and complain about things like our bills. And, and that our boss doesn't like us. And that whatever else, whatever else it is that we complain about. <laughs> Why? Why? Maybe, just maybe, that last moment that we're all going to experience is an enlightened one. Ghost, I know you live within me Feel as you fly In thunder clouds above the city Into one that I With all that was left within me Until we tore into Now wings and rings And there's so many Forever she don't ever die 
Everybody at home, if you know this one, enjoy it with me. It's one of my favorites. That was for Laika, the cosmonaut dog, who now I know will never be afraid. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I had to pause the podcast for a second <laughs> because I came back in a little too hot. A little <laughs> I was tried to talk and I couldn't breathe a little bit because I was jumping up and down listening to one of my favorite songs on earth that I uh, decided to share. And I was uh, I was jumping up and down and screaming like I do when I listen to music. Maybe when I'm on my on my own, which technically I am. Maybe like uh, like a, a young dev dog would have done back in the '80s when Patience finally came on WPLJ without the radio announcer's intro, so that the cassette tape that I had in the boombox with record and pause held. I could finally release and get every little note of that song and then jump up and down in my bed and pretend that I was Axl Rose and do the Axl Rose dances. Maybe that's what was going on in AI5 Studios right there, making me a little out of breath, a little asthmatic, if you will. There's this cadence that I talk in again. Why do I do it? I don't know. I have no idea. I just, it's the way it is. 
things will never be the same. Anyway, thank you for putting up with another weird solo show. I know these tend to be a little bit shorter, but, uh, you know, I don't, I feel guilty. <laughs> There's a guilt that comes along with, and I know that everyone could just hit stop or pause or anything like that, but sometimes I feel like I'm subjecting people to, to my ranting, just like when I'm at a party and I'm all fucked up and all I do is talk. It's all I do. I just continue to talk. And uh, and I, I reach a point sometimes where I'm like, man, why don't I just shut up and let somebody else talk? And that's kind of how I feel when I do these things. I don't know. Maybe that's an unfounded fear, an unfounded thought, or maybe it's 100% dead on balls accurate. It could be either. But, uh, you know, I feel like 45 minutes of listening to a maniac ramble on about a thin analogy of addiction to video games, how much he misses his best friend. And uh, how much he hopes that a, a, a dog had an enlightened experience before it burned up in, in Earth's atmosphere or orbit. I hope that uh, 45 minutes of that is enough. Maybe it isn't for some people. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, as per usual, I just want to throw out the, uh, the deep gratitude that I have for everybody who listens and supports the Awkward High Five podcast. I know we're going through a little bit of a transition right now, but, uh, but stick with us. We're going to be here for you, and I hope you'll be here for us. And one day, one day I'm going to hit record, and there's going to be a short, little, slimy Italian talking about all sort of, sorts of racist and horrible things sitting right across from me. And I'm going to have a, uh, a giant smile on my face, not because I like racist and horrible things, but because I love my best friend who I want to be happy and healthy, and I want back in Awkward High Five Studios, and I want back on the mic, and I want to, to, uh, to start talking about and figuring out some shit with again, because that's what this show is. It's just two dudes who don't know shit about anything, and we're just trying to figure it out. <laughs> And then sometimes we have two other dudes who know a lot about stuff that come in and help out. And then sometimes it's just one dude sitting in a studio all by himself, lost, confused, and aggravated, looking for answers, and being, as I've been told, a total fucking pussy, bro. Thank you for listening to the Okra to Five podcast. If you're so inclined, if you're a new listener or you haven't yet, go on iTunes and leave us a review. It helps out so much. So much I can't explain. Otherwise, if you want to go on Patreon, we're on there. You can throw in a couple bucks and get two extra episodes a month. Or if you just want to write me and tell me that you're a listener and start a conversation, that means a lot too. Give me reasons not to play Legend of Zelda. Give me stuff to do. We'll be back on the weekend with a bigger, better show, I promise. See you in a few short days. Even though my chest hurts, smoke you up. Get more, pay less, wanna smoke you up. Inhale my best, and I'm out of love. With love, with breath, wanna 
Thanks for listening to the Awkward High Five podcast. For more episodes, visit awkwardhighfive.com.